Church, let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to the book of Nehemiah. We're in Nehemiah chapter 8 today, and at this time, any elementary kids that want to participate in a time of uh, children's worship are welcome to gather uh, out in the foyer at this time for the beginning of Treehouse, our children's worship gathering. But for all of us here, let's open up the scriptures together to Nehemiah chapter 8, and we come to that portion in our our service each week where we turn to these ancient words. We open up the book, God's book, the book of His Word. And so I pose a question before we read this morning. Is this simply something we do because folks have done it for generations? Or is there something significant, something truly significant going on when the gathered people of God come together to open the Word of God. And through our text this morning, I think we see, we learn that something quite significant is happening here. And Nehemiah chapter 8 tells us about it. So let's look at it together. We're in Nehemiah chapter 8. Be reading verses 1 through 12. And as you find your place there, let me invite all who are able, would you join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of God's holy Word. Nehemiah chapter 8. Beginning in verse 1, the Bible reads this way. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Mekijah, Hashum, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them as He opened it. The people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen. Amen. And they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbethai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Ezariah, Jazabad, Hanan, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the, the priest, and teacher of the law, and the, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks 
and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Would you pause with me in prayer? No, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we turn our attention to it now because we want to know you. So instruct us, instruct us clearly. Lead us clearly. Lord, give us receptive ears and hearts to your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, this morning I want to share just a real simple outline to help us hear and to help us understand God's word. An outline noting one foundational truth, one key overarching principle followed then by four timeless applications for God's people in every age. So first, one foundational truth. And here it is. We gather to know the Lord. And we come to know the Lord by hearing his word. Church, we, we gather, we come together, we assemble together on the Lord's day to know the Lord. And we come to know the Lord by hearing his word. And so that means we've come today to hear from God and praise God. He's a God who speaks to us through his word. And so here's what's going on here in Nehemiah. We've been journeying through this book, this portion of the Bible. Nehemiah's been uh, allowed to return back to the city of Jerusalem to, to lead in a building project, to, to lead in rebuilding the city's walls. And we've come to the point in the text where the wall's been rebuilt. Uh, the temple's been rebuilt after it's been destroyed by the Babylonians. And many exiles, many Jewish exiles have now returned to Jerusalem to live there in the, in the country of Judah. Nation Israel and Palestine. And so the walls are back up and now the people are, are regathering. They're coming together and we're told that it's the seventh month, a significant month in Israel's history and on their calendar. The first day of the seventh month is the Feast of Trumpets. A day for celebration, a day when the trumpet sounds, when sacrifices are given. It's the same month as the Day of Atonement later this month, followed by the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. And so the people are coming together and they gather at the water gate in the square in front of the water gate there in the city. And we're told that the people, thousands of them, some scholars say as many as 50,000 of them are gathered there. And they say to Ezra, the teacher of the law, a priest, they tell Ezra, bring out the book. Bring out the book. We want to hear from the from the book. We want to hear from God's book. Bring out the book of the law of the Lord. In church, likewise, we gather to know the Lord and we come to know the Lord by hearing his word. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them. You see, God's chosen means of delivering the message, be it to the gathered church or out in the world, continues to be messengers called to herald the good news of God's holy word. 
And so Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, he says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Until I come back, until I come to, to see you once again, Timothy, devote yourself to these things, to the public reading of God's Word, to preaching and to teaching. Presumably among the assembly of God's people there in Ephesus. In other words, Paul's not commanding Timothy to do street preaching, although there's nothing wrong with that. But he's exhorting Timothy to give himself fully to reading the Bible and proclaiming its message to the gathered church. And later he'll tell Timothy again in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He'll say, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach God's word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. See, I know you know this, church, but we don't gather simply to hear a man talk. We don't need preachers and teachers who are entertainers or motivational speech writers, but who are heralds of the living, breathing message of the Most High God. We need to hear from God. And so we gather together again and again and again to hear from the Lord. So if the preacher's well into his preaching and there's been no reading of God's word, if the book has not been open, you've got permission, church, to interrupt and say, hey, hey, wait a minute, Chris, wait a minute, preacher. Enough with the babbling. Bring out the book. Open the book. Just read it, explain it, and apply it in a way that reveals you believe it and leaves us walking out of here saying, what an amazing God and what a wonderful book. There's no greater compliment that we could give a preacher or teacher of God's word than to be drawn to the glory of God through the reading and proclamation through the teaching of, of his word. And so like God's people, in the seventh month of 445 B.C. in the city of Jerusalem, may the church of Meadowbrook in 2022 A.D. assemble on the Lord's Day eagerly and expectantly, believing they're going to hear from the book. Believing that we're going to hear from the Lord God Himself. Oh, church, let's gather expectantly. Let's gather expectantly. Let's gather eagerly and expectantly, expecting to hear from God. You notice in the text that we just read, there's anticipation here. There's anticipation of hearing from the Lord and that the channel through which the people of the Lord will hear from the Lord is the written, read, and explained word of the Lord. I don't know what your your home looks and sounds like on... On Sunday morning, if it's anything like the Jones household, but I was thinking uh, this morning, perhaps the Jones household could use a jolly little jingle on Sunday morning to prepare the hearts of the people in the home to be gathered, to be assembled with the saints of the Lord, with an expectation to hear from the Lord. Perhaps we don't need a trumpet blasting like they did on the first day of the seventh month, but we need to prepare ourselves to gather because what we're doing here matters. It's significant. It's huge. And what we see right here in Nehemiah chapter 8 is a recipe for revival. For the people of the Lord are hungry. They are hungry for the word 
of the Lord. Nehemiah says, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. A snapshot in real time of believers expressing what David penned. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced when fellow believers gathered and invited me to gather with them in the presence of the Lord to worship the Lord. I imagine many of you have pets in your home. Many of you have a dog in your home. We don't currently have a dog. My kids have been dying for a dog, but we've resisted and resisted and continued to resist until they stopped asking, at least for now. But growing up, we always had a dog in my home. We always had a lab. So first it was Beauregard, uh, then it was Hershey, uh, then it was Ruger. We always had a lab, and uh, that lab, whichever one it was, always loved my father more than everyone else in the home because dad was the one that took care of him. Dad was the one that commanded his attention and dad was the one that fed him day after day after day after day. And I know there's different philosophies I've, I've noticed about feeding pets and feeding uh, dogs, but dad was always under the impression for whatever reason, you feed your dog once a day and you develop that habit. Sometimes it was twice a day, but most often it was once a day in the evening. It was feeding time. And at feeding time, Whichever of those dogs, all three of them, had more energy than at any other time of the day. There was an eagerness, an anticipation. There was an excitement. Jumping up on hind legs, waiting for the food to be delivered. Waiting to feast on that meal. Waiting for the sustenance and then gobbling it down quickly without even seeming to enjoy it in any way whatsoever at at all, And may we be a people who desire to feast on the Word of God. May time in the Word, day by day with the Lord, be the most coveted and desired time of the day for each of us. May we desire to know Him and feast upon His Word so that we might know Him. May we gather with His people knowing that we're going to feast on His Word in order that we might Know God. You see, God's people love God's Word and want to be fed God's Word. So let's be a people who gather expecting to hear from Him, knowing His Word will be read, praying that it will be rightly explained and readily applied so that we may know God. I imagine quite a few of you saw images that were released this week from NASA's Webb Telescope. Incredible images. Beautiful images from the most powerful telescope that's been sent into space yet, showing images of places that humans have never before laid eyes on. An incredibly high resolution, light years away, just a slice in the pie of the universe, leaving us in awe of our Maker leaving us in awe of the Creator, wanting more, leaving us wanting more. Seeing the artistry, looks looks like a painting 
on a canvas, incredibly high resolution of these things. And of course, it is the artwork of God, leaving us wanting more of God, leaving us wanting to know Him. And may His Word, certainly His Word, properly approached, with hearts of submission and humility from His people, leaves His people wanting more of Him. Because just like the universe is inexhaustible to us, so His Word is inexhaustible and shows us who He is. And so we gather, we gather again and again, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching. You see, church, there's a rhythm and routine for corporate worship. And for the ancient Israelites, it was the Sabbath plus the various festivals etched in the annual calendar for remembering God's provision, for celebrating God's faithfulness, for expressing devotion to Yahweh alone. And for us, it's the rhythm of the Lord's day. It's the first day of every single week marking our Savior's resurrection. And so, church, we gather. We dare not skip. We gather again and again on the first day of the week for our brothers and sisters in Christ are expecting our presence and our participation, anticipating a word from the Lord for the people of Christ assembled in His name. Now notice, notice there's unity in Jerusalem on that day. All the people came together as one, verse one. They've come together for one purpose. They've come together united in heart and singularly focused on glorifying their God. So may it be at MBBC that all of you agree with one another and what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be Perfectly united in mind and thought. I was introduced to a new sport or game this past week. Saw just a few moments of it on television. It was part of the World Games. It was one I've never heard of before. I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. It's B-O-U-L-E-S, I believe. Maybe Bulls. But as I watched it for just a few moments, it sort of struck me as a hybrid of cornhole and bowling. With a small little bowling ball that you had one competitor on one end and another on another track on the other end on a small court, throwing that ball to the other end, trying to displace the ball on the other end, and then trotting to the other end and doing the same thing back and forth, back and forth for five minutes. To see how many times you could hit that ball in, in five minutes. It's quite repetitive. And no, no real impressive shots or unusual moves. Just precision and persistence. It wasn't like basketball where you've got steals and defense and passes and dunks and layups and three-pointers and foul shots. No, it was just the same thing again and again and again, establishing a rhythm. And I thought to myself, isn't that a bit like the role of preachers and teachers of God's Word? Read, pray, study, prepare, proclaim the Word of the Lord. Read, pray, study, prepare, and proclaim the Word of the Lord. Then do it again and again and again as long as the Lord calls you to the task. 
Church, let's gather expecting to hear the word. Let's gather expectantly and listen attentively. Let's be a people who listen attentively. And it's unlikely that Ezra's doing all the reading here. That's probably why some of these other guys are beside him on the platform. But what is clear is that Ezra and Nehemiah have been preparing for this day. Perhaps knowing the significance of this day and this month, the seventh month of the calendar, maybe Nehemiah set some goals to finish the wall before this month so that the focus could shift away from rebuilding the structure to rebuilding the people of God. And Ezra, we're told from the book of Ezra, he's already been back in Jerusalem for several years now to study the word of the Lord, to study the law, to devote himself to the word of God so that he could rightly teach the word of God to the people of God. He's been here a while. And so they call Ezra to bring out the book. Verse 3, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. You see, listening attentively to the reading and exposition of the Bible honors God. It benefits your soul. And it encourages the one delivering the message. And someone might say, well, I, I pay attention when it seems as if something important is being said. I perk up when something's being emphasized or, or I listen especially close when the life of Christ is mentioned. Or the gospel's being shared or the commands of Christ are given. But there's some tough stuff in this book. Surely you don't mean we should listen attentively to all of it, do you? Friends, when the word is open, we listen attentively because all scripture is God breathed. All scripture, the whole book is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I will love what James Hamilton Jr., one commentator, says about this. He says, we love the Bible because it reveals God to us. We love the Bible because it reveals God to us. That's what makes the Bible precious, that it makes God known. We don't worship the Bible. We worship God. Friends, we gather to know the Lord, and we come to know the Lord by hearing his word. So let's gather expectantly, listen attentively, and third, let's respond properly. Let's respond properly. See, responding to the proclaimed word isn't something for someone else to do. It's not something that we wait on someone else to do. It's something for all of us to do every single time we hear the word. And we respond because God's always worthy of a response from us. I love what and how Ezra and the people respond here. Verse 6. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen. Amen. And then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord 
with their faces to the ground. I'll have opportunity in a couple weeks to preach again at First Baptist Asipco. And over the years, I've, I've had some opportunities to, to preach there in other similar contexts that are a bit different from our own. And sometimes in the course of uh, such preaching, I found myself getting a little excited, a little worked up. And I've had some of you, a handful of church members over the years, say to me something like this afterwards. Hey, Chris, you should preach like that at Meadowbrook. To which I think to myself, well, perhaps I would preach like that if you shouted like that at Meadowbrook, right? There's a give and take in preaching. And when the people of God and the preacher come prayerfully expectant, God will do what he's promised to do. Like it's a little hard to be fiery in the pulpit if there's iceberg in the pews. And I would imagine the same is true. It's a little hard to listen attentively if you're dead in the pulpit, right? And notice here the people lifted their hands and said, Amen. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to say, Amen. I know... Such isn't commonplace in our subculture, right? White businessmen aren't really known for lifting their hands. But I dare say, if the Spirit of the living God stirs you to lift your hands and say amen, lift your hands and say amen. Surely I can get an amen out of that. (laughs) And so the people responded. They responded. And part of the response wasn't just saying amen and lifting their hands. It wasn't just exuberant praise, but it was also weeping, we see here. They wept. They wept because God's word struck them. Broken over their sin, they sensed guilt before God. Church, not all guilt is wrong. It's okay and right to be broken over sin. It's right to, to want to correct it, to make it right. You see, the, the exile is over. The exile that came about as a result of disobedience to God. And so knowing they've been in the wrong, the people repent. They turn to the Lord again. And when we turn to the Lord, the Lord always forgives and restores. And reconciliation with God is always reason for celebration. And so listen to what the leader says, verse 9, So then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the, the priest, and teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. See, the people gathered expectantly. They listened attentively. They responded properly. And now, finally, they're told to depart joyfully. Depart joyfully. They're told to depart joyfully because they've heard from their God. They've been instructed in the word so that the people understood what was being read, verse 8. And that's really what's going on here. The word of God is read. And then we're told here that the Levites were explaining the word of God to them. Proclaiming and teaching the word of God to the people gathered to hear it. By hearing the word, they've come to know the Lord, turning from sin and trusting him again. And so verse 10, Nehemiah says, go and enjoy some choice food and sweet drinks. 
Go prepare a banquet. Go prepare a feast and send some of it to those who don't have anything prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. These leaders wanted the people to enjoy a fellowship meal, a meal celebrating their relationship with God and joined together that they're the Lord's people at peace with Him. And so then we read, All the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. And so, church, we we too gather to know the Lord. And we come to know the Lord by hearing His Word. And so having now heard His Word, we're invited to respond properly before then departing from this gathering joyfully out into the world. Out into the world to invite those that we encounter Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to also come to know this this Lord. And the next Sunday we'll do it again. Right? We'll bring out the book. You'll be here, right? We'll gather and we'll open the book. We'll bring out the book because we want to know the Lord who saves. And we'll keep doing it. We'll keep on doing it again and again, again and again, gathering, listening, responding, and going for the glory of the one who saves.